Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Today's message is about coping with change. It is based on a book by Unity Minister Robert Brummett titled Finding Yourself in Transition. The subtitle is Using Life's Changes for Spiritual Awakening. The title and subtitle pretty much tells the whole story. Looking at it in reverse, the book is about finding spiritual awakening during times of transition. In the preface, Reverend Brummett notes that the book has two objectives. The first is to offer an alternative model for navigating one's way through life's transition, to provide a map. The second, and perhaps more important, is to help the reader discover that a major life transition is an opportunity for transformation, a transformation into an entirely new life, a spiritual rebirth. Reverend Brummett further notes that the book is divided into three sections. The first discusses the general nature of change and the dynamics of the transition process. The second looks at the individual components of the transition process and parallels each with the biblical story of the Exodus and the journey of the Israelites from the bondage in Egypt into the promised land of Canaan. The third looks at the transformation from a broader philosophical perspective and addresses questions such as, what's it all about? What, where is this all taking me? Does it ever end? Since the lessons have been shorter lately due to the online attention span, today I will only cover the first section, but I will continue with the rest of it because it's pretty important. So today I'm going to cover the foreword, the preface, the prologue, and the first three chapters. The first three chapters are the paradox of change, the process of transformation, and the rite of passage. I just received this book last week at the recommendation of my mentor, Reverend Medora. You see, I, like many people, am experienced being in a state of transition. The truth is I've been in that state for some time now, but not in full-blown mode. I've been transitioning between the business world and the minister world the entire time I've been leading Unity RGV, part-time here, part-time there. However, due to the pandemic, my business has essentially shut down. So I've lost one of my part-times. So I'm looking forward to see what comes into my life to fill that gap. Next week, our, spe our speaker is my friend, LUT Debbie Cole from Austin. The last time she was here, she spoke about being in transition. She called it, referred to it about being in the hall. And that's how I feel right now. I'm in the hall. I'm neither in that room nor in that room or this room. And, but the thing is, it's kind of crowded here in the hall because there's a lot of us here. A lot of people are in the hall right now. So it's a good time to talk about this transition business. During our last monthly conversation, I told Reverend Medora all this and she suggested this book. So right off the bat, the book begins by noting that change is the keynote of life. Everything in nature tells us that change is the only constant. There is a harmonious ebb and flow in nature. We see it in the changing of the seasons, Change is everywhere and in everything. There is also a divine rhythm at work in our individual lives as well. We understand intellectually 
that there are natural transitions at work in the universe. However, when the change comes rapidly or at too big of a scale, we usually find ourselves questioning the meaning and the purpose of the change. I don't have to tell anyone right now how difficult and trying these days are. Between the pandemic, the economy, and the political atmosphere, atmosphere many of us are experiencing major change and major frustration in our lives right now. The whole country seems to be going through a major change. As a result, many are questioning this period of transition. What does it all mean? How is it all going to turn out? We ask these questions because finding purpose in our human experience is essential to us as humans. The German philosopher Nietzsche wrote, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. We want to make sense of things. Change, especially deep or sudden, can shatter our previously held meaning. It takes us into new territory for which we have no map. Every change is a death of sorts, a dying to the old. Yet, this is one of the defining characteristics of growth. To be fully alive in the now, we must be willing to change. Being in transition is by definition about experiencing change. A transformation is a process, and there are different kinds of processes. processes. <clears throat> the book talks about a natural process versus a mechanistic process. Let me talk about that for a little bit because it's pretty important. Perhaps the easiest way to visualize this, to understand this, is to simply refer to the basic difference between the general Eastern and Western approach to life. What I mean by this is that when you think of a monk in, in Tibet, what comes to your mind? Probably someone who sees the balance and relationship of, my, of our mind, body, spirit, as well as nature. You think serenity. That's what comes to my mind. Somehow, it is some, about someone who is in tune with the ebb and flow of nature in all its aspects. In short, someone who is internally guided. In contrast, what comes to your mind when you think of someone deeply immersed in corporate America? Quite the opposite. Someone who is not in tune with the inner self. Someone externally guided and probably pretty stressed out. The book says, relatively few of us eat when we're hungry, sleep when we're tired, and wake when we're rested. I read this and what came to my mind is that Zen-like quantum physics really can't be defined. But once, once I, I, I saw this somewhere and it said that somebody, at one person asked another person, how would you define Zen? And the answer was, when you're hungry, eat. Now that sounds pretty simplistic, but the point is to be in the now and go with whatever circumstance or feeling or situation is in front of you, that which you are experiencing. The Western approach, conversely, uses the clock rather than the body to dictate the timing of these activities. So the simple point is, does your guidance come from within or from without? The book tells us that the Western approach, which was designed to enrich our outer lives, may be contributing to the impoverishment of our inner lives. Dealing with change from this mechanistic model often results in pain and confusion because our inherent human 
nature, and I would add to that our inherent spiritual nature, is intrinsically related to natural processes. The good news is that things are beginning to change. We're getting away from that mechanistic approach. Even medicine is changing. In the old model, we were machines. And medicine deals with symptoms and not causes. When I did my lesson a long time ago about the science of natural healing, Dr. G mentioned that traditional medicine has only two, two tools, surgery and medicines. The holistic approach to medicine is changing all that. And more and more, we are entering that type of an approach. We have to use these times of transition to see the bigger picture. And that's the point of this book. In the foreword of the book, Rosemary Fillmore Rhea, which is a granddaughter of Myrtle and Charles, writes, the book reminds us that we are never alone, that the loving intelligence that created us is ever present, guiding and directing our ways. That sounds very similar to what we read in a different book once, and we talked about it in metaphysical class the other day, and it says, the book is called Inner Peace for Busy People, and it says that faith, it says, in the end, faith is less a set of beliefs than your willingness to surrender to a mysterious force of love and guidance that helps you find your way. Sounds like the same thing. It's about just trusting and, and, and understanding that in the end, everything works out. In the, in the third chapter, Reverend Brummett tells us about his love of canoeing. In canoeing, there is a term called whitewater. Whitewater is the result of when the water is moving very rapidly down the river. Whitewatering is the most dangerous part of canoeing, but at the same time, he says it's the most fun and the most rewarding. Transition is like that. It is often a time of crisis. Interestingly, the Chinese language presents us with a very interesting perspective on crisis. In Chinese, the word crisis is formed by combining two words, which are danger and opportunity. Times of transition can be opportunities to gain strength and wisdom, opportunities to experience spiritual breakthroughs and healings. The poet Khalil Gibran wrote, pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses our understanding. Some transitions come by choice. Others are thrust upon us, ready or not. Some transitions are welcomed and pleasant. Others are not. Transitions come in three stages. The first is the ending of what was. The second is the void, mostly accompanied by feeling like lost in the wilderness. And I think that's where we are right now, in that void part of the transition in general. And the third is the new beginning. So that new beginning will be starting soon. That's what we trust. These three stages are usually not clearly defined. They can overlap. And sometimes you know, part of it can come back and make us feel like, oh, I thought I was beyond that. And here I am feeling it again. These three stages parallel an ancient ritual called the rite of passage. Thus the title of the third chapter. It also parallels the standard path of the mythological adventure of the hero, which is separation, initiation, and then the return. 
So I'll, I'll leave you with these two thoughts. The first, remember when Armand and Angeline were here? I think it was in January of this year. They sang a song that said, everything will be fine in the end. And if it's not fine, then it's not the end. The second is what Nancy told me long ago about Miss Penrod, a former spiritual leader and LUT here at Unity RGB. She would always say, I can hardly wait to see what good comes out of this. I know it's difficult for right now, and it is for everybody, but let's take Miss Penrod's approach to this. Do you know what came after the last pandemic? Keep this in mind. It was the Roaring Twenties. So be well, take care, bendiciones, wash your hands, wear your masks. Take care. <laughs>